Hello and welcome to episode 4 of my movie collection. Tonight's movie is going to be Kung Fu Hustle. We recorded this episode in a Subaru. The reason we recorded it in a Subaru is because I had to meet my buddy Tommy for lunch while we recorded the episode. He couldn't make it to the studio. It's the only way it could have been done. So I was kind of excited to take the show on the road, per se. So sit back and relax in Tommy Subaru for tonight's episode of My Movie Collection. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Hello, my name is Urbanator, and welcome to My Movie Collection, Episode 4. Tonight's show is all about our thoughts on my personal movie collection. We're not movie critics, we're just two guys who happen to love discussing movies and showing them to you via audio format. Tonight my special guest is Tommy, the Martin to my Lewis fam. Oh yeah, it's Tommy. What's up, dog? Hi. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too, sir. We're going to talk about tonight's movie, which is Kung Fu Hustle from 2004. We will spoil this movie if you haven't seen it, so if you want to watch it first, we suggest you do it. It's $2.99 on YouTube, or you can watch it on Amazon for 3 bucks. It's rated R for strong stylized action and violence. Some of the best stylized action and violence I've ever seen in a movie. Tonight's show is brought to you by Subaru. We're actually in a Subaru. What is the Subaru? It's my car, Kevin. What kind of what kind of Subaru? It's a Subaru WRX. I'm gonna steal this car from you. No, you won't. Okay. Come on, hunt you down. Well, don't hunt people down. That's not nice. Um, we're recording this tonight. We met together at lunch, and we're going to discuss this movie. All right, let's get it on. All right, who's in the movie? Kung Fu Hustle, 2004. Who's in the movie? My favorite actor, Stephen Chow. The best actor in Chinese history. You could say so. What would you put Stephen Chow up against when it comes to people like Bruce Lee and uh, Jet Li? I would put Stephen Chow up against Jackie Chan or something like that. He's almost as good as Jackie Chan because you can't compare the two because one is an action movie star and the other one is a comedian movie star, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I love Stephen Chow better. He do action movie, he do make funny movie. And he's very good at both. Yep. Well, this movie is filled with people that I'm going to try my best not to murder. And I don't mean killing people, I mean name-wise. So if I do, you get to, you can punch me. Okay. I will allow this. So Stephen Cho plays Sang. I'm going to give this a shot. I'm guessing Zio Fang. Zio Gang Fang plays the Axe Gang boss. Boss. See, I can't even say the word boss, but I can say his name pretty good. Huan Yuan played the landlord. What's his name? Huan Lin? And then... Huan Yuan. And Zai Dong plays Donut. And Donut was the guy with his pants halfway down his legs, right? They named him Donut in the American version? In the American version, they named him Donut. What did they name him in the Chinese version? They just call him Little Bud. Huh. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Kwak Kwan Chan plays Brother Sum. And he is Danny Chan. Now, who is that in relation to? I can't remember. I don't need, I could answer the hands in the air. I'm with you. Chai Chung Lam plays Bone, who is Sing's sidekick, which is... The, the chubby guy with the axe in the front. Right. The big guy who's working with Stephen Chow in the movie as Sing. 
Sing Long Sung Sing Ling Leung Sing Lung Sing Long Leung is the beast, and I'm guessing that's the guy who turns it does the frog crap. Right. And jumps high in the air. And then we got Kwai Yin, who plays the landlady, and she's the smoker and the screamer. Oh, yeah. And she's good. And she actually, you showed me other movies with her in it. She's yeah, pretty she good. She made the Majak, um, Kung Fu Majak, and some other movies, and she's very famous in Hong Kong. Yeah? Yep. Kai Mantin is the, the Axe King advisor, and I'm guessing he's the one with the mustache who's dancing in the beginning of the film. Oh, that's a gang. That's a that's an axe gang's boss. Um, the advisor guy is actually um, he got slapped around in a in a car. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. In the back of the, uh, the limo. Lady. Right. Now the director of this movie is Stephen Chow. The writers of this movie were there was uh, four people who wrote this movie: Stephen Chow, Man Kuang Chan, Xin Hao, and Ken Chong Sang. How'd I do? That's perfect. Oh, thank God. You almost became Chinese. I tried. Yeah. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. See, that's where it went wrong. Oh, that's the song. You don't know that song? Oh, right. Okay, the plot of this movie. What do you think, Kevin? I think it's a young man who decides to join a gang to be cool. Ends up being the chosen one to save the planet from this destroying entity that is that frog man who has come to kill an entire town. Um, I agree with you that uh, <laughs> I agree with you in that movie. I mean, in that plot completely. But I do have a little thing to add on to it. Please do. Um, I think uh, this plot of this movie is showing that uh, our human nature is that you know when you choose the wrong path to the road, and you know you have a chance to turn back around and help the good and yeah. the bad. So it's it's yin and yang, and it's being it's got to be a yin and yang thing, huh? Well. Okay, heads or tails. You got okay. heads or tails in. <laughs> of course. And, and I like yours better than mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you drinking something? Yes. <laughs> My favorite. What is it that you're having? It's a tea with uh, milk. And two straws. Milk tea. Yeah, Chinese way. Two straws. What's the story behind that? Can I put that in the Tell show? Tell you later. After the show. Oh, okay. I'm going to go now. <laughs> All right, our favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. My favorite scene in the movie is, and I've been thinking about it, trying to choose which one. I'm not going to pick the one that I know is one of your favorite scenes. But my favorite scene is the scene where those two men come to town, and you're just learning the powers of the baker and the guy who, um, what does the guy do with the rings? What was his job? Teller. And the guys come to town and they pull out a musical instrument and as they're playing it, all kinds of terrible things are happening. And, and just the build-up from that scene from nothing to, oh my gosh, this is going to be an incredible movie. And I think that's the first real fight scene, isn't it? Yes, that's actually the first fight scene. Um, no, actually, that was the second fight. The first fight scene was when the three guys, the teller, the noodle maker, oh, and, and, they spar. Um, and the labor, yeah, and they were fighting at the, the neighborhoods and the pigs. Yeah. neighborhood. That was the first fight scene. But yeah, I agree with you. That uh, the second fight scene was the best because it showed um, the Chinese uh, um, kung fu martial art in a form of way, just not something you could see or feel. It's actually uh, the internal chi. They were trying to explain it with a musical instrument. Vis uh, visually. Visually, yeah. Bring well, when out. they bring out the music, 
and their energy just come and you see how they coming through and cutting the stone and yeah yeah you can see it that that's actually what chi means very very artistic and the, and the way that Stephen Chow did it the, the splitting and the way the sound was done. There, we have a director, you know the director, Sam Raimi, who did the Spider-Mans a while mm -hmm. back, the first set of Spider-Mans, which mm -hmm. were really good. And um, Sam Raimi has, Stephen Cho has what Sam Raimi has or vice versa. I think they're both the same age. And they both artistically will will use something like sound. Like like there's a there's a spear flying through the air and the, the evil gentleman who is sitting in, in the middle of the square on one leg crossed, which I don't get, that's gotta hurt, first of all. He's poised himself with one leg down and then crosses the leg over the other leg and there's no chair. And they're both sitting that way and then he strums a sound and the sound wave goes to the spear and breaks the spear slowly and shreds it to pieces. And the way that he did that would be something Sam Raimi would do in one of his horror movies. And so I've always attributed that to a Sam Raimi. That's nice. Style. And I appreciate that because Stephen Cho is visually showing you the the awesome power of the evil sound wave that came from that particular instrument. I like that. Now I'm sure he's now he's Chinese. I mean, there's no there's no hiding that in this movie here, and uh, he's Chinese. And the point I'm making is is there's some kind of artistic and historical rhyme to this particular scene in the movie. In other words, the things that are coming out are those ancient warriors that actually it, it, existed. It is. It is. Um, yeah. It is actually. Um, a lot of uh, um, Chinese and now Hollywood American movies, and um, it, it sort of re a lot of them related to the back in the ancient time, and they would believe practice of uh, kung fu mm -hmm. and other forms of martial art. Yeah, it's a lot to do with more internal, you know, things that you cannot see. So just the stories of the good and the bad again. Yeah, it's things that you cannot see, you could actually feel it, the energy, not just actually a punch up. I feel that kick. Good, because I knew that there were some things that I'm, even though it's still adventurous to watch, even as an American who knows a little bit about Chinese history, I mean, just little stuff mm -hmm. that you've talked about and other things, but... I'm drinking again. <laughs> some goat tea. Some goat tea. Oh, is there hair in there? But I knew that there was a lot of historical business behind it that I wasn't getting, and, I, and that's why I'm asking. I wanted to see. What was your favorite scene? Actually, my favorite scene was when um, Stephen Cho and his uh, big buddy trying to snatch money mm -hmm. from the girl who's selling ice cream Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The girl pulled out the lollipop. Okay, that lollipop is a whole symbolism of that movie is... She reminded Stephen Cho, you're not a bad guy. You were That's a your good glimmer of hope. person. Yeah. You saved me when we were little. Mm -hmm. It actually, I think that is the the climax of the movie that turned Stephen Cho, make him realize that he's a good guy. He's not that's this type of guy. He's not the evil that. bum that he was trying to be. That he's trying to be, right. Hey, Tommy. Yes, Kevin. Why did I buy this movie? I don't know. You tell me. Why you buy this movie? Because it's the most artistically action-packed movie I think I've ever seen. It turned... When we were kids, I don't know what it was like for you when you were a little kid. And I'm talking like maybe five, age five, all the way up to 12. When I was a kid, I used to take, you know, G.I. Joes and like throw them against the wall. And then, like, make them break through walls of bricks that I put up or make them... So you like imaginary power? 
Yeah, and you're playing with toys and making them do certain things that were impossible. And then they get up and they come back, sort of like the Terminator movies. But when I was a kid, there was no Terminator movie That's to reflect cool. on. Now, this movie does that. This movie makes you feel like the little kid playing in the sandbox because of the, the different scenes. I mean, the fighting scene at the end of the movie that starts off in the mm -hmm. casino, is that correct? Or is it yeah, a bar? start at a casino and then it gets to the neighborhood and Just they're fighting, stop. going through walls. Going through walls, and and I'm not talking about just your average like somebody just fell through. Well, I'm talking slow motion, beautiful, beautifully done. It's like looking at a bouquet of flowers being destroyed. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing to enjoy that as much as I do, but I do. I think it's amazing. I enjoyed it, and he did an incredible job of it, and you can tell. And most Stephen Chow's action movies are that way, right? Yeah, and he does. He doesn't have many action movies because he does he, serious movies he, too. Yeah, he does. He made. Um, he I actually had a whole collection of his uh, movie he ever made, and he made some uh, drama movies mm -hmm. and uh, comedy, which is yeah comedy. But he's not really good at drama. But he, the best is his comedy. I mean, he made another um, Shaolin Soccer, which is Shaolin another, Soccer, which you can get on uh, Netflix. Netflix and yeah, YouTube, and uh, that's I another suggested. good movie he made and very highly suggested. There's a lot of. The, the words lost in translation comes in to clarity in this movie. Because when this movie was translated in, in, into English, it was recorded in 5.1's round sound, so they reacted the movie in English perfectly. Mm -hmm. But um, but it's they're still talking Chinese, of course, and the people that did the English track to it missed a lot, obviously. Because yeah. you've, you've, you've pointed out a few things. Like they were calling this the Crocodile Gang, and we had to cross that out and put Axe, because it is, it's the Axe Gang. I don't know why they called it Crocodile Gang, like it's Crocodile Dundee or something like that. <laughs> okay, are uh, you ready for this? I'm ready. Tommy, did you know that this movie surpassed Shaolin Soccer in February of 2005 to become the highest grossing Hong Kong movie ever made? No, oh, actually, I didn't know that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprising, but no, I didn't know. I mean... Yeah. Did you know that, Tommy? No, I didn't. Neither did I. I was surprised. It's a good thing I have it typed up here. Yes. Hey, Tommy. As of 2005, this film had the widest cinematic release in USA of any foreign language film. So Stephen Chow right now is 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 Knowing. the king of yeah. Chinese movies in America. By the way, fun fact: Do you know Stephen Chow is the biggest fan of uh, Bruce Lee? He have a big collection of Bruce Lee uh, personal items, his clothes. Oh yeah, the yellow, the yellow suit that he was fighting with the black stripe. The yep. the yellow suit. Yeah, he had that. He had a lot of pictures, memorabilia from Bruce Lee. That's why. It, and is he is he paying homage to him at the end of this movie, when he's uh, pretty much dressed up in just the pants and the no shirt thing? He's pretending he's Bruce yeah, Lee. Yeah, he. he uh, if you um if you ever watch a lot of uh, Stephen Chow movie, he did put a lot uh, a lot of Bruce Lee. Um, Emphasis. Yeah, we'll emphasis. Um, um, you see, the landlord lady was flicking her nose That's in the car. That's right. That's right. You see, and uh, when he was in the last fight scene, he would take off it. His shirt would rip right out, just exactly. wearing the pants and, and his hairstyle. Yeah, that's true, because yeah. it is exactly like Bruce Lee. He looks a little bit like Bruce Lee. If they yeah. do the story of Bruce Lee, he, well, he's getting old now. I guess he can't. Mm -hmm. Do you think he could do it? I think he could do it. How old is he? Like 56. 56, 50 something. And how old did Bruce Lee live to be? I think about 40s. And a um, good choice for it because yeah. he's built the same. A lot way. of a movie that uh, in Shaolin Soccer, he dressed up 
just like Bruce Lee and come out and one of the goal one of the goalie he was just like Bruce Lee and trying to catch a soccer ball. Yeah. He, he, how does he catch it? How would how would Bruce Lee catch it? If you could give me a, a I'd say Bruce Lee would punch a ball instead of catching him. Really? Yeah, but he, he I mean he would actually uh pop it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tempted. You have to watch a, a Shaolin soccer to understand you're like wow. Now I realize that a lot of Stephen Cho's movie put a, a lot of Bruce Lee tribute into it. And so Bruce Lee's to, thrown into like every movie almost. Almost every movie, yeah. I can understand because that, that guy was amazing. Yep. Here's one more piece of trivia which I know nothing about but you might. The name Pigsty Alley is a play and, and, and if you can read that. What is that? Zhulong Zhan. Zhulong Zhan Zai. Zhulong Zhan Zai. It's a it's a play in Chinese. Yeah, it's a it's actually a, the translation was right. It's actually a pig alley. Okay. Yeah, in Chinese, an alley mean like a like a like a little neighborhood with some buildings and stuff like that. So it's in the slums and crime and it's disorder associated yeah, with it. Yeah, it's actually not like that. It's actually where the poor live. They live there. And that's a place in Hong Kong. Right. And it was torn down in 1993, and that's what the. The area that the, most of the movie takes place is located crimes, in. Pig style. A lot of crimes there. Wow. It's a bad neighborhood. That's yeah. a pretty neat piece of trivia that uh, Stephen Chow would would pay homage to a place called Pit Style Alley. Well, I think that's what he uh, wanted to point out in this movie that times it, are rough. Times are rough. The mafia is taking over. Stepping down on the poor, and yeah. he's fighting for them. You gotta admit, that's also something brave to do, because if the Mafia did not like the movie, do you think that Stephen Chow would have gotten... Yeah, the Mafia these days is different in the back in the time. They don't do the kind of, kind of fighting anymore. They do in New York. Yeah. But then again. So, it's, it's an awesome movie. We highly suggest it. We're gonna end with uh, our will, there, will and Should There Be a Sequel. You may go first. Do you think there should be a part two? I don't think there should be a part two in this movie. The reason why I'm, uh, is that um, this movie is, is um, there's no uh, continuous story to it. Uh, it's actually a movie they put a whole bunch of characters that belong to a different story, put them up together, and they made a whole new storyline to it. I mean, it's right. a whole, yeah. So unless the writers thought of something completely totally different and put another one together it, it'll be the, the same thing. story otherwise yeah it wouldn't be another uh, part of it I mean like it wouldn't be coming out good I think and they killed off I guess what some of them died some of the like the baker or the teller died yeah the all of them died actually oh, the, that's the, right. the, so they couldn't the teller, use them the noodles guy noodle shop guy yeah well that I had some ideas for a sequel. Would you like to hear what they are? Let's hear it. Tommy? I love it. All right, then. I was thinking that maybe in the sequel, they could have them come to America, and then they had to fight Godzilla. Your thoughts? How come you got to put Godzilla in every uh, movie that we talked about? I, I don't Is that because I'm Asian? <laughs> No, I think um, if if you have to thought of a sequel of it, I would say they should come to America, and fighting in a different environment. This movie they talk about how you should fight the crime mm -hmm. and how bad person how a bad person become a good person. Right. In Hong Kong. Right. 
they're fighting the mafia. They're fighting the, the evil. Right. So when they when they come over here, it should be like a a whole total new environment, you know, whole whole new life and and a new problem they've deal with. So I think that that should be a some point, you know, fair enough to start with. I think that'll be good. Yeah. You're Asian? No, Kevin. Oh. Um I I'm thought Chinese. Oh. Then I thought if they did it, it, well, you're right. There's no point. I was going to say maybe put Jet Li or Jackie Chan in there. But then again, you're taking the Americanized Chinese actors, and that would ruin the yeah the history of the initial movie. So really, you're right. There is no way to redo this story, because if you redo it, you're, you're lessening the first one. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I said no. There shouldn't be a second. Well, there you go. It's Finally, first. we agree on something. I'm very glad about it. We agree on a lot of things, like we're in a Subaru with a W and an X on it. Hey, don't hate. I love this car. I just can't find my legs. Okay. You just, you oversized something. I am oversized. Bad car. So again, thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode. I was so glad you were able to join me. I've been thank wanting you for to, inviting me, Kevin. I have been wanting to have you on a show for a while, and this is a great start. Kevin, you know this is the first time I'm doing this. And I'm very nervous. And you actually did a show before when we were talking about. <gasps> you remember? Yes, you're right. I forgot you about did. it. You did a, a long time ago. Tommy did a show with me when we were talking about Chinese New Year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for our Instrumentally Speaking podcast. We did that a long time ago. I'll have to drag that out. I'm going to put that at the end of this show, that little clip. Okay. When is Chinese New Year this year? That's not, I have I think to wait till February next year. February or something. Next year. 2013. Okay, guys, we'll, I hope you're listening to this in February, too. And you can celebrate Chinese New Year the way I do with my friend Tommy. All right. Let's wait until then. Okay. And uh, until next time. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much, Tommy. All right. All right. I'm here with Tommy Chang. Tommy Chang is celebrating the Chinese New Year 2012, the Year of the Dragon. Am I correct? Yes, it is. We're selling this. We're celebrating the year of the dragon. You're selling the year of the dragon. Celebrating. And I would like to ask you, what the year of the dragon? Why is it called the year of the dragon? Oh, because it had the scale of fish, and the claws of the eagle, and the antlers of deer, and the body of the snake, of course. Are you going to eat special foods because it is the year of the dragon? Oh yes, we eat many special food. We eat um, veggie all meal. And we eat the um, fruit candy that we made. You celebrated that with me this afternoon. Did I have some fruit candy? Yes, that was it. That was the thing to eat with the preserved plums yeah. candy. Yes. It was pretty good. Really sweet and also sour. Yes. I was born in 1970. I think it's the year of the dog. You were born in... 1983. I'm a year of the pig. So together we make a pig dog. No, 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 no. Dog pig. Dog. Pig and dog year get along. There's some animal that does not get along with others. Like a, like a pig and a snake, they does not get along. Why? It's just because uh, superstition, Chinese. The height, one's lower to the ground. No, I don't think so. Oh. It's like, it's like a symbol of a ox that work harder than other animal, and the pig is lazy. So everything is regulated by what year you were born. But what animal that you? By what born, animal you yeah. were born into? Years of the animal, yeah. If you are the dragon, you're supposed to be like a very lucky, because the Chinese people believe in the the dragon is supposed to be the superior superior animal. Over everything. Over. Because yeah. it's mixed with everything. 
Yeah. And the rat are smart. The rabbit are peaceful. Not many more. What is the dog? Goofy and lazy? The dog is supposed to be smart, I believe. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, you are. <laughs> I love you, Tommy Chang. Thank you. This is Chang speaking. All of Zerbinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zerbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zerbinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571-408-CERB or 9372.